Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to get the heck out of my room, you big dumb spaz, or I'm gonna tell mom. <laughs> That's right. It's grunt work. Ask your mom, huh? but she still says no. You got to fight for your right to grunt. But here on Grunt Work, you can grunt to your heart's delight, your favorite podcast about the TV show Home Improvement. I am Landon, silence is golden Solano, joined always by my co-host Truman. John is his name, Caps. <laughs> John is his name. Yeah, I was. I wanted to throw this out there to see if you could guess what this is a reference to i you know if it's if it's a reference to 90s hip hop like many of these things start with <laughs> i'm probably not, not going to do great with it john is his name i i don't know i also don't know how it plays into this episode short of iron john or something like that was it j o n is his name it is yes that is correct um oh so my all right did i win j well i mean that's how you say it as opposed oh. to like j o n okay okay so so still not <laughs> um it is actually the translation to the slogan or motto of Puerto Rico. Oh, John is his name. I cannot, and I'm not going to attempt the pronunciation in Latin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, probably, probably for the best, probably for the best. Okay, wow, really digging deep uh, on, on that nickname, but I, you know what, I appreciate it. <laughs> Puerto Rico strong, or whatever yes. the hashtag is for them. Yes, um, uh, I think it's called a donate button. Yes, which we didn't really, I mean, I haven't got one on me right now. No, I don't either. Hey, guys, yes. we watched an episode of Home Improvement. Actually, first off, Landon, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm glad you're putting my uh, well-being over the show that we watch week to week. How are you? I am doing well. Yeah. I am doing well. Uh, you sent me a little text this week. I did send you a little text this week I, that I feel like we needed to discuss. Yes, for listeners, uh, a little context. I'm I'm off of Netflix. Uh, I, I'm doing a Netflix purge. Um, Not the purge on Netflix, <laughs> no. mind you. Yes. I am... Uh, so I don't have access to a lot of... Uh, fantastic shows at the moment one of them being bojack horseman which apparently there is a a big reference to home improvement there is a big reference and folks if you're tearing your earbuds out in protest you can't hear me telling you don't worry this is not a spoiler uh unless you don't want to know anything at all about the series but basically there is a flashback early on uh well not early on there is a flashback in one of the episodes uh which is uh set in 1993 and one of the characters mr peanut butter is at a uh, Halloween party with his then-wife, who reveals to him that after he left her alone with Ben Stein and Tim Allen for ten minutes, she's now basically become a free-market Republican. Um, (laughs) But, you know, she and Mr. Peanut Butter, her husband, are also kind of, already they've been sort of sniping at each other all night, and she's, having been left alone by him at this party, has made her really angry. So after all this talk about Tim Allen and all these other things... She finally, you know, he's trying to encourage her to go and have more fun at the party. And she just basically yells really loud, I don't want to be here and I don't like you or something like that. And everyone goes silent. Everyone looks at them and Mr. Peanut Butter just goes, (laughs) and then, and then because it's a Halloween party they're at, a jack-o'-lantern face comes onto the screen, the backdrop turns into candy corn and the jack-o'-lantern face smashes into the candy corn and it falls over my god and we go into the next scene with like princess carolyn or some shit and i saw this at like 1 a.m and i i a i thought i was hallucinating and then i had to rewind it and watch it four times and then i had to text you in the middle of the night so that is wild i've i i've never seen like, it's, it's not just, it's not, like, I was thinking, like, okay, some Tim Allen jokes. Yeah, some shots of Tim Allen, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah, and Tim Allen was big back then because of the show, whatever. But that they did a transition it's, joke <laughs> on BoJack Horseman. It's a full-blown scene button. It, it it truly was. Oh, it was more than a button. It was a full suit. <laughs> it was it was a zipper, if, if you will. Um, but, yeah, so little little Easter egg for all you BoJacktivists out there. <laughs> that's, um, that's crazy. Now yeah. that kind of makes me want to go watch it uh, again. That is literally the only reason you should watch BoJack Horseman, because it's not an incredible, amazing, insightful, beautiful show other than that. Well, that's how you got me watching uh, Black Mirror as well. Oh, yes. Well, exactly. (laughs) And then and then that and that cycled you right into this. Um, I this is already off topic, but uh, and I'll keep it short. Had a moment 
uh, a million years ago when I was <laughs> when watching, the Earth was formed. <laughs> when the Earth was formed and Nick at Night was a thing, uh, I was going through a breakup, couldn't sleep. So at about four in the morning, I was watching reruns of Three's Company, another sitcom that I love, and uh, there was an infomercial that came on for the Karma Chameleon Telephone. <sighs> And I watched this thing at four in the morning. It's a chameleon. Like, you remember the old ha- hamburger or Garfield oh, yeah, phones? Yeah, yeah. It was in the shape of a chameleon on a log. And every time it rang, it played Karma Chameleon. And then one of the testimonials was Boy George picking up the phone and saying hello and saying, Well, isn't that cute? And for years, until the internet became a thing, I thought I had hallucinated that at four in the morning in a stupor of breakup dumb. And uh, then found it on the internet. I wouldn't trust Boy George to do a testimonial about a phone that that just makes him money every time it rings. Of course, fucking Boy George is going to like it. <laughs> it oh, man. That's... Also, I would pay a lot of money to have a phone that doesn't play Karma Chameleon all the time. <laughs> How many phone calls do you yeah. get? I mean, that's a lot of times to hear that admittedly catchy song. Well, tell that to anybody who has a hip-hop ringtone. <laughs> or any ringtone. It doesn't have to be hip-hop. I love hip-hop. But any any song. There's no song in the world that you want to hear enough that you want it as your ringer. Yeah, I, I think. And also, it's just to hear it suddenly coming out of your pocket and your pants vibrating <laughs> yeah, as it right. happens. I think it's kind of a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week. Indeed, we did. Indeed, we did. We're and keeping up our track record. Do you have a synopsis for us? I do have a synopsis, guys. May we have it? No. We're just going to sit here. We're just going to sit here and look at each other like a therapy session in Goodwill Hunting before he opens up to Robin Williams. <laughs> when Brad and Randy's constant fighting gets to be too much, Tim wants to give the older boy his own room and move Mark in with Randy. Jill wants to discuss the matter with the boys, but before she can, Tim acts unilaterally and tells Mark to move in with Randy. Jill is angry at Tim for going against her wishes, while Tim accuses her, and, you know, all women, of being indecisive. Out back, Wilson reminds Tim that the boys' dispute can only be solved by getting at the root of the problem, while Jill has a heart-to-heart with Randy that convinces him that bunking with Mark won't be all that bad. Uh, now, did they use the term unilateral? They <laughs> they used another term. Uh, they used a term, I believe it was both lateral? At <laughs> least double lateral. Double lateral, yeah. which was what, uh, what uh, Jill wanted the process yes. to be. Uh, so, how did you feel about this episode? I felt better about this one than the last couple. Me I felt too. that I, a I laughed yeah. a bunch. I thought this episode was markedly funnier than yes. the other ones. I think that Tim was a better dad in this episode. Mm-hmm. I saw him doing some legit dad stuff. Um, I also, you know, he also did a bunch of Tim stuff. So you never really get out of these things unscathed. True. However, for me, the Tim stuff was more tolerable because it had a better balance. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I think what I'm learning is that I will tolerate a certain amount of behavior from Tim that I wouldn't tolerate from a real person <laughs> if it is if I see a certain amount. Like, there's got to be a magic amount of, like, being a good father, being a good husband that yeah. it takes. Yeah. A, a little, even if it's not self-deprecating, if it's, if, the, if it's the show itself taking Tim down a peg, yeah. then I can handle it. Yeah, And it does it a handful of times in this episode. I have one particular instance in the Wilson scene that we'll get to, but yeah, um, yeah, I think we're 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 pretty unilateral <laughs> on this uh, decision on this on this uh, how we feel about this episode. Yeah, um, do you want to guess the name of it? Yes, I have a few options. Okay, uh, brotherly shove. Okay, I like that. The room. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Get out of my room, Mark. Um, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Ooh. R-O-O-M-E-R-S. Uh-huh. I like that. So that's it, right? That's the way. Uh, <laughs> that should be it. In the last one that I think it actually is, Roomy for Improvement. You know what? I was going to say, if you want a clue, I will give you one, which would have been that title. Wait. Oh, so am I close? Y- it's... Closer to that title. Roomy with a view? I doubt you'll get it. Roomy with... Mm, room... Bed, bed knobs and room sticks. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that. The, the mummy's room. Um, uh, 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 I, I give up. Room for change. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I wish you could see German's facial expressions. 
It's still better than the kernel. <laughs> True. So I guess improvement. Yeah. But I think I, you mean the kernel of truth because we are retconning that title into that. Oh, well, in that case, it's markedly worse than the kernel of truth. <laughs> the awesome name that I came up with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I, I think that I think that works. But uh, do you want to like if you got anything broadly about this episode, do you want to talk about or do you want to dive in? What, 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 um, what are your feelings? What what? <laughs> <laughs> it's your show, Landon. What do you want to do? <laughs> well, first I want to go bowling, and then I want a pizza party. Um, you can we do, do both have... at the same time. A lot of bowling alleys have like a room for pizza parties oh, there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, man. I knew that. Yeah, bowling alley birthday technology is... is... <laughs> I do want to say uh, Andy Cadiff has come back to direct this episode. I noticed that. Welcome um, back. Welcome back, Cotter. Uh, let's, let's go for the dive. Yeah. Well, um, splish splash, I suppose. We're taking a bath. So we open with a really weird shot that gave us both a lot of excitement where it's like the camera, <laughs> Tim is lying on his back on yeah. the ground and the camera's just pushing in towards him. It's, it's a really kind of a reverse Sunset Boulevard. And we were both hoping that it was a full Sunset Boulevard where <laughs> this meant Tim was dead and he maybe just does occasional voiceover like from the afterlife of the rest of the show. <laughs> maybe. Um, but alas. Alas. Uh, well, before we find out that he's actually alive... Uh, we get our first appearance of the Grunt Creep. Our first and only for the episode, but... Well, yeah. Usually the Grunt Creep only gets one. Yeah. It would be weird if we got more than one appearance of the Grunt Creep per episode. It would be weird if just like halfway through, like <laughs> yeah. in the backyard, the Grunt Creep's just walking through when Why they're not? talking to Wilson. At this point, with the transitions we had this, this week, I would not put it past uh, the Grunt Creep to do more creeping uh, down the line. I'm going to call it right now. Season four, Grunt Creep starts showing up later in the episodes. Mark it. <laughs> Brad it. Randy it. It's going to happen. Um, so Tim finally wakes up. Oh, we got to talk about the Grunt Creep, who can now fly. He's grown his arms again. Now, to quote uh, not Tim Allen, but someone who co-starred with him, is it flying or is it falling with style? <laughs> Fair. He could be floating. We don't know how much the Grunt Creep weighs. How much does an animation weigh? If How much would a two-dimensional being weigh in the third-dimensional world? I think it's kind of like, well, I perceived it as falling because I thought of it as just a piece of paper fluttering to the ground. Yeah. So I don't think the Grunt Creep weighs very much, even even with those THICC arms of his. <laughs> so if it comes bouncing toward you in a threatening manner, all you really have to do is just kind of blow at it. Uh, yeah, yeah, just put, put up your uh, Wonder Woman wrist shields or whatever to knock it away. <laughs> <laughs> which oh. of course we would be wearing in that situation yeah, exactly. obviously in all the <laughs> fan fiction going... i've written about my encounters with the grunt creep <laughs> i'm just picturing all kinds of 2d fighters <laughs> fighting games in my head yeah the the if you beat the new super mario brother or the new super smash brothers yeah. in uh less than 20 minutes then you get the grunt creep <laughs> you unlock the grunt creep yeah um Tim Tim wakes up though, and he he starts talking about what they're doing this week. Yeah, which is uh, soundproofing. They're doing um, what's called an acoustical texture spray. Yeah, and so is that like is that from whence popcorn ceilings come? <laughs> is that I think so. Yes. So there's a reason that your ceiling looks like like that. That's they spray that up there. It's for acoustics. Oh, it it's, totally is. It's yes. not just people like the look. Uh, no. Plus, it, I think also masks how dirty we're both staring at the ceiling, <laughs> looking and, like, and turning back to our mics yeah. to speak. Uh, it also masks how dirty the ceiling gets because mm. you can't tell if that's dirt or shadow. You know what? That's that's that is a modern marvel. That is an architectural <laughs> gem. Well, so I need a car made out of popcorn <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, then no one would ever be able to hear it coming. You, you could be. That's you know the, the actually the B two stealth bomber is made out of popcorn ceilings as well. That's what makes it so stealthy. It's like the lowest budget James Bond movie. Um, yeah, it's uh, well okay. Well, then seeing how the acoustical sausage gets made was actually very valuable to yeah. me because I've always kind of wondered how they get that stuff up there. Yes, but. So they walk through how you mix the solution, the acoustical yeah. damping solution. There's a big bag of uh, mixture that you just pour into a thing, and then you add the right amount of water to it. And Tim makes a joke here. We haven't done this much this season. I'm going to throw out a theory. Oh, throw out a theory, dude. Yeah, we kind of left those behind. This this really struck me as something. Mm. I, I mean, I, I'm still tracking the... I think Tim might be a stuntman. Mm. Uh, that mm. has yet to rear its head in a significant way, but it hasn't been disproven. But <laughs> here's, here's what I'm going to say. 
Uh, Tim walks over to the counter where Al has the the mixture with him, and they've got the vat that they're pouring the mixture into with the water and everything, and uh, Tim makes a joke saying, you know, all you got to do is pour in a little mixture and, you know, equal parts uh, water, mm-hmm. or if you want a nice, uh, smoky, smoothie, smoky, <laughs> smoky, uh, silky smooth uh, finish, just add buttermilk. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. That's not something I think Tim would know, <laughs> especially not to make a joke off the cuff with. That is too smart for Tim. It seems like something Al would know. Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this? It. Well, this is the. It is the sort of. It is exactly the sort of joke Al would make, but it's not in Al's character. Like Tim doesn't mm-hmm. know enough about anything to give the setup, so they had to give it to Tim. Yeah. I don't see where you're going. Well, what that he stole the joke from Al. I think. Tool Time is written. Oh, I, I think see. it's a scripted show, mm-hmm. and I think that Al and Tim write it together. Okay, that's compelling. So they write in. They like Al willingly writes in all the jabs at his mom, or he okay's all the jabs at his mom. Yeah, I mean, you could still retain the dynamic of Tim kind of pushing that <laughs> on the script. Uh, you know, that 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 tension kind of can still come out between or behind the scenes, but. Well, okay. Let me let me up the ante. Let me ra- Ooh, let me okay. let me raise you one. Let me uh, let me hit you and try and get twenty one points. Let me go fish. Okay. Um, but that's a card analogy, not a bloody nose analogy. Let me just back a rot here. Uh, <laughs> let me settle Catan and and try this one out. Uh, what if it's not a scripted show so much as it's like a reality TV show where. But, like, a full-on reality TV show that's bullshit where the producers are, like, kind of sculpting everything and telling them what to say. Maybe there's two producers who are kind of coming up with these things and they've got a writer backstage and they're just, like, feeding them lines and doing a million takes. Oh. So maybe they're trying... So, like, maybe we get all these ones where Al is making more jokes it's because they're going with the ones where the producers are trying to feed Al the good lines and they have different ones they do for Tim. Interesting. Like, you know, a lot of... So, so much of reality TV is just, like, they get these yeah. outlandish people and the producers stir the pot and right, tell them what right. to say to create a cohesive story. Whatever's gonna make a, yeah, story for the day. Yeah. Um, I like that thought a lot. My only my only thing against it is that a lot of reality shows aren't they made in the the post production? Well, yes, I suppose so. So I guess Klaus has a lot of fun with <laughs> with that. Yeah, we don't know the full extent of Klaus's magic just yet. But. I mean, yeah, and also, I mean, it could the, Tim and Al could actually be great friends and have a very warm relationship on set, but just the editing is what makes it look bad. <laughs> Oh, um, so they keep going on with this, uh, with this little, um, rigamadoo that they're doing. Yeah. When, when they're, when they're doing the rigamadoo, at one point he, like, uh, Tim is talking about how they're going to pour the mixture into yeah. the hopper. And then he says to Al, give me a hand, Dennis. Just a offhanded Dennis Hopper joke. And I mean, is it a joke? It's a reference. Yeah. Is it even really? It's barely qualifies as a reference. It's, like I'll grant you, it's a reference, but it's barely even that. <laughs> it's just bizarre to find a, a Dennis Hopper joke. I mean, you have to go out of your way to say Hopper, and yeah. even then, like I feel like if this episode had been made today, it would have been like, okay, let's just put it put it in the Hopper, and then like, oh, Stranger Things, really, oh, really great show. Hopper is one of the characters on Stranger Things, oh, and right. then and then Tim does like a bunch of like. 80s type alieny spooky dances well like well weird music plays from klaus or something and al just grumbles at him like that would be the bit today yeah is klaus the composer for stranger things uh yes i think he i think he is one of those dudes making all that weird synthy john carpenter music um so he pours in like you know al has already mixed the substance yeah. and he is talking at length about how best to mix the substance <laughs> we gotta talk about this shot too because and then tim decides yeah. oh you know what no i i can do this uh, he pours more water and he's like but i already poured that in there and he's like i've got a better gauge my eye and al just gets a mug shot to the camera so where he just close. like looks directly at us and goes my eye <laughs> it felt very surreal like, is it supposed to be that he, is that just a play on, like, the term, like, blank my eye you're doing yeah, that? Yeah, I think like, so. Well, I, you know, for a joke that, that's kind of a throwaway joke, but they gave it, like, this huge treatment where you can't look away from the joke. <laughs> just because it was such an extreme close-up of him. I got kind of intimidated by it. Richard Carnes <laughs> seemed genuinely angry. And, I mean, look, and I don't blame you. I was angry at Tim, too, for messing up his carefully mixed mixture. Yeah. 
Um, then Tim tries to spray this stuff on the ceiling, which oh, he does. He, yeah, he doesn't just try. He succeeds. Does he? I was very confused by this bit because what's coming out of the hopper is certainly not what falls on Al's face in about two seconds. Yes, I will admit also, I didn't 100% understand what was going on until we started talking about it. I thought... When it said acoustical sprayer, I thought that it was some sort of thing that uses, like, sound waves to spray paint onto a ceiling. And I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe that exists, or maybe it's just part of this weird world we're in. And uh, That's fair. This is some improvement we're talking about. And so I didn't realize they were making a popcorn ceiling. Um, it's just, like, the first stages of Ulysses' claw. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Anyway, but so yeah, they they spray the thing, and nothing goes drastically wrong. Yeah. And and Al is humbled by this and goes like, "Oh, I stand corrected. This looks wonderful." And goes and stands right underneath it, and he takes off his goggles and he looks up at it. And sure enough, you're you're, you're skipping something very important, which is the awkward second and a half where where Richard Carn and Tim Allen are waiting for the prop to go into action <laughs> they were staring at the ceiling almost like we were a second ago uh, seriously seriously except they knew something was gonna happen yeah, that's true and then uh literal literal co- cottage cheese not <laughs> college cheese which is probably shredded american cheese or whatever you can get in the in the uh cafeteria but cottage cheese drops all over al's face and yep. it's supposed to be the acoustical popcorn goop <laughs> it's a good joke guys and then t- and then Tim goes, oh, who let those pigeons in here? So as though to say, like, oh, yeah, Bird just took a shit. Like, it gets yeah. in Al's mouth. So it's yeah. like the joke is, ha, 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 Bird took a shit in Al's mouth. Yeah. And, and then we get an aggressive bird flying at the screen transition. No, no. We get a bird flying at the screen and shitting on the screen transition. It wasn't enough to have a filthy bird <laughs> fly into the screen. It had to poop on our eyes. And in our mouths. Oh, God. I mean, I... I this 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 cold open was rough going. The episode yes. I think gets better, but this one this one had me grabbing the edges of the couch like, oh boy, <laughs> oh man, are we getting into it again? And alas, we were not. Uh, we go into the theme song, um, and I have a note for this. But, oh yeah, uh, I don't feel like we need to spend much time on it. Wonder if Mark drew all the backgrounds that are in the made a crayon. Um, don't yeah. know. Sounds like a Mark move. Sure. Yeah. We go from the theme song into the boys' room where Brad is on the phone with Ashley. You remember Ashley? Not Jenny. Oh, wait. Is Ashley... Ashley's the new Jenny. The new Jenny, the one with the beret, and Derek... Jenny had a beret. Jenny had a beret. Oh, but then so did Ashley. Yeah, and that we, was why we, like, that was Brad has a, has a type. Um... So, okay, so I hadn't even realized that that was a... I, I had not remembered that he had this new bay in the picture, but he's trying to convince this bay that there is not another bay who he is also working. Melissa, apparently. Melissa. He, at lunch, let her taste his jello, and, and he's really trying to prove that this is not um, a euphemism or anything more than it is. He says that it's not It's not like he, let, he shared a piece of gum with her or something like that. <laughs> Which is kind of gross. That's r- legit nasty. That is truly <laughs> terrible. I, uh, my girlfriend and I have been dating for over a year, and we could date for a thousand years, and I would never share a piece of gum with her. That is <laughs> truly hideous. Um, I don't think. Uh, well, I don't think that Brad is being one hundred percent honest on the phone. I think that he does have another bay on the line. I think it's a lot like Tim, to be perfectly honest. In that, I, I don't think he has another. Bay, as you say, that's a little <laughs> as, the, as the kids these days. It's a little, little too young for my words, oh. but um, I don't think he has. I don't think he has another betrothed. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's more that's, my that's, that's, that's your more t- my speed. There was a time later when you gave me shit for saying the vapors on this show. Then I Fair. then I try and I go out and I learn what the Generation Z is saying, and now oh, that's too much for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on my bicycle with a comically large front wheel and put on my little cap and ride away from this podcast forever. I love it. Um, I don't think he has another girlfriend. I think he likes... I think that Melissa probably has a crush on him and he likes the attention, so he's playing into it, but I don't think he would actually go through with it. You know, I I can't say I have as much faith in Brad. Like, I don't think Tim would go through with cheating on his wife were he in that situation, but I think Brad hasn't learned that lesson yet. Well, that's fair, yeah. And I also think that Brad, like Tim, he, maybe even if there isn't something else going on with this other girl... 
he might just be lying because he that's just kind of his natural state. Like, he's just evasive about everything and lying yeah. about everything <clears throat> and has no real principles and can't be nailed down. Maybe there's no Melissa at all. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah, he's starting rumors about himself. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that, wow, that would be Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. <laughs> Name of the episode. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um. So, anyway, uh, Randy comes in. Yeah. He hears all of this work that he's trying to do to convince uh, this girl that he is a yeah. one woman man. And while then, Randy's just trying to get his homework. Yeah. And then Randy starts going up to the, well, like first Brad is harassing Randy to get, get out, out of here. God, God turd. <laughs> that sounded more like an old man say that. <laughs> get off my lawn. You <laughs> he's, turd. He's the oldest. God. He's the oldest boy. So that's his, that's his voice. He's you, the you old, do the like surfer version of Brad. I do the 90 year old version <laughs> of Brad. God, Dang it, Randy, get out of my room. Um, get off my goddamn lawn! <laughs> Grand Torino, starring Zachary Ty Bryan. Um, so, Randy comes in, and after all of this... I gotta, oh, we gotta pause. I got it wrong, didn't I? No, I wanted to applaud you Oh, for just nonchalantly throwing down the right name. Beads of sweat were just coursing <laughs> down the inside of my scalp no, as I did. I, I was like, like I, I, better, I hope this is right. I feel like it needs to be... Uh, Given given accolades for you know as they say in the movie Inherent Vice, uh, you're sitting on the edge of the diving board in the middle of the night. You're not sure if the pool's filled up or not. You may as well just take a couple jumps and dive in. <laughs> That's kind of what I was doing. The pool, like fortunately this time there was water in the pool. Yes. Next time there might not be. There it's, might be double licked Jello. That, well, that would actually kind of be well, actually double licked Jello. No, gross. But to jump off a diving board into a pool full of Jello would be interesting. Yeah, I think you'd suffocate. Probably true. Also, it's a shame that mercury <laughs> mercury makes you go crazy because a swimming pool full of mercury would be kind of dope to just like run around on top of. <laughs> Again, don't. But anyway. yeah, right. Wait till death takes a vacation, and then when the human race can't die for a day, yeah, try yeah. It. Wait until hell comes to Frog Town, <laughs> then we can give it a shot. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to our podcast where we talk about things we want to fill swimming pools with. Um, Randy immediately latches on to this idea yes. that you know he has a way to get under brad's skin and so when he overhears him talking about this non-trist yes uh randy sees this opportunity and my note here is uh so randy randy you know he he pretends to be melissa like, yes oh brad blah 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 randy does good. his best impression of truman doing an impression of jill <laughs> <laughs> because he gives it this like southern lilt <laughs> oh brad brad i can't go down in the basement there's bugs down there brad That's come back to bed so i can powder your butt exactly what randy sounds like in this scene i you know randy looked into the future and um <laughs> i mean look look and as i certainly have notes on this later on like randy and jill have a big heart to heart in this yes. episode that gives me this idea that he and jill are really close so yeah maybe he's picked up his mom's uh southern twang hence yeah. his extremely accurate impression of her <laughs> uh just like mine um so anyway they uh so yeah yeah uh, so randy repeatedly razzes brad with yeah. this like fake girl voice like oh, <clears throat> oh come kiss me my love and then and then uh finally brad like gets so upset that he hangs up the phone and chases randy out the door but something awesome happens in this moment where where Randy is running out the door. Brad is chasing after him. On his way out the door, Randy grabs. They've got like one of those oh, ba God, ba yes. like basketball, like you know the indoor basketball setups with the hoop yeah, and the, like one. soft yeah. cushy ball. Uh, I mean, Randy, that thing was still plastic. But it was okay. It was like a. It wasn't a rubber basketball though. It, reminiscent of a red rubber uh, dodgeball ball yeah. from high school. Uh, but he, you know, Randy grabs this as Brad is chasing him, and he turns and throws the ball at Brad. <laughs> And this is one of these magical moments that just happened in this take. The ball fucking domes Brad straight between the eyes. And you see Zachary Ty Bryan's head just jerk back. Yes. And it's like, uh, it, it was just it was just amazing. He absolutely beamed him. And I can only imagine how hard the crew must have been laughing. And how upset yes. the mom must have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could honestly loop in that like, ting! Noise yeah. from a basketball in that moment, and it would fit perfectly. I mean, it's it's a square between the eyes hit. You could you could do you could loop in the drum hit in the bodyguard right before Whitney Houston goes into the final chorus, just like the ball <laughs> hit him in the face. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was great. That, that was 
as I said to Landon at the time, and I will maintain it, that might be my favorite thing that's happened this season so far. <laughs> <laughs> Completely by accident. Uh, but the scene continues as they, they chase each other downstairs. Well, they don't chase each other. Brad chases Randy. It'd be weird if they chase each other. Yeah, they're just I, going around in a circle. They'd never get anywhere. <laughs> Perpetual um, motion machine. <laughs> and this is where uh, Tim and Jill step in. Yes. They, they try to separate them. They try to get to the root of the problem. Yeah. Uh, they send Brad out the front. And yes. Randy out the back. And then they try and discuss what's go- been going on. They go over the, the incidents that have been going on over the last couple of weeks. The incidents and accidents. The hints and allegations, if you will. <laughs> More toxinging, bleeding into the rest of the episode. Uh, one thing that pissed me off about this yeah. is that the way they get into this discussion mm-hmm. is Tim's, Tim says to Jill so- something to the effect of, uh, those are those are too rambunctious or like those are two rowdy little boys you raised or something like like something derogatory about the boys and that you raised yes like, yeah did they, okay no, no, this, that that hit me as well what the fuck tim really <laughs> who do you think they get it for you think they picked that up from the woman who has only been trying to take them to the ballet and like <laughs> art museums and shit yeah right listening to them trying to cultivate stuff in them yeah yeah that that is one of those like if if there weren't a number of other things in this episode that that counterbalanced that it would be a problem for me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he, he does make up for it down the line. And yeah. even then, as this conversation goes on, they're talking about, you know, black eyes and bloody noses and yeah. all the fighting the boys have been doing. and Which those injuries have healed extremely fast if they've only I, happened in the week or two. It, it's this is like this is like the Kill Bill movies where people <laughs> beat the shit out of each other and the next scene, Uma Thurman is flawless again. Yeah, right. Um, but but so they're trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim suggests that after they put the kids to bed tonight, they move to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And then they both start. Well, well OK. He, Tim starts dancing. They, let, let's break that open. Yeah. For a crack second. it. He doesn't say let's move to Puerto Rico. He says let's go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And it's brought back up. The Puerto Rico thing is a button at the end of this episode. Yes. The Puerto it, Rico button. It doesn't make any sense. No. it does. Well. It makes sense in that let's abandon our responsibilities and go to a warm island. Yes. However, it seems to be an understood thing between the two of them. Like, let's go to Puerto Rico. I'm suggesting, I think it's a code word. I think it's some sort of sexual thing that they're into at the moment. Like, get the cocoa butter, you know, the sun lamps. We'll do a whole role play in the bedroom. I'm trying to think what... Puerto Rico I I, style, like what also probably was just very insensitive to Puerto Rico I don't know if that's well I mean and we're not you know certainly donate to stuff for I mean you know yeah like Puerto Rico needs our help I'm just also <laughs> trying to set think, up a text number I, we should text five eight nine 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 yeah don't do that yeah that's you don't know what that's gonna happen your your donation to the international whipped cream society is complete uh the worst thing to donate to yeah honestly i would donate a lot of money to the to the support and study of whipped cream uh (laughs) i yeah i I don't know i'm i think that makes sense like that puerto rico is some sort of like yeah maybe maybe for them like it's just going to a hotel but there's some extensive role play where like he's he's uh whatever explorer discovered puerto rico and she's (laughs) welcoming him to it or something yeah Otherwise, this doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I've never spoken to somebody. Like, I would just say, like, you know, oh, we, we hop on a plane and get the fuck out of here. Puerto Rico. I mean, that's just such a specific thing. I No, I, you know, I'll defend it. I think that doing a specific place is funnier than if they said, that. Oh, let's just run away together. Like, yeah. I think that a, a place is funny. I... I don't know. I and I like and also I think the reason they said Puerto Rico is so Tim could get an excuse to mug and do a halfway oh, yeah. salsa dance because you got to get one of those in there. Yep. Um, personally, I would I would have thought it was funnier if Tim just like if there was like some destination that Tim really wanted to go to that like like I'd pick up and leave for Branson, Missouri or something. <laughs> Riverboat casinos, Indy Five Hundred. And then they, they, so that's the, we've given, we've given an inordinate amount of time. We've talked yeah. about that gag more than they did that gag. <laughs> True. Uh, what they wind up circling around is the fact that having Brad and Randy in the same room yeah. is the source of a lot of these problems. They lament the fact, well, Jill laments the fact that there are not enough rooms for everyone to have their own room. And right. she quickly quashes any notion that Tim would build a new room. So then Tim suggests that they give Brad his room. As I said in the synopsis, Brad gets a room. Mark moves in with Randy. Yeah, they in this scene, the, the takeaway is that they both have their methodologies of how they want to approach this. Mm. Jill wants to talk it out as a family, figure out a solution that's fair for everybody. Tim is like, 
we are the adults, we make the decisions, and comes one of the funniest lines of the episode where he goes, if we can't do that, then we're just the tallest people living here. <laughs> I think Truman and I were both surprised at how much we laughed at a Tim Allen joke or a Tim Taylor joke. If, if you're, it's like, it's like you're walking through the desert and then you stumble into an oasis full of beautiful women. And it's actually not a hallucination. Oasis, it's yeah. actually a full on <laughs> oasis. Uh, yeah, that was, that was just brilliant. Like that, that alone got me so much more on board. Like, yeah, this is a show just about like making it work with a family and like how you do it. It's about real stuff. All you, it, you don't, it does not take much to get me back on board. Home improvement. You just gotta hit a certain level. Yeah. Um, but that's really the end of that scene. We go to go on a strong joke. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the transition here was the next one. I, yeah, I don't, I don't either. Yeah. The next one was, was big. I think that then on the this one is, I think just, uh, uh, remote control transition uh, oh, gotcha. changes the channel. And then yeah. Tim, yeah. Uh, we go back to the set of Tool Time yeah. where they are continuing their week of soundproofing and insulating, something that I am very interested in. Yeah, I know, I man. actually had one of those moments just like you had recently where I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to watch <laughs> your shenanigans. Tell me how to insulate my, my walls because they are paper thin. Yeah, I mean, I almost never want to watch your shenanigans, but now especially I don't. <laughs> yeah, th- this was... This was cool and useful because they're talking about how to drill a hole drill a hole in your drywall and uh, spray it full of sound insulating foam yeah and if i could drill holes in my apartment walls i would do the hell out of that you know man you you've been in here long enough i think you shouldn't you shouldn't be scared to drill a hole in a wall <laughs> like just spackle it man if i've learned anything from my spackling experiences in the past <laughs> it's actually kind of satisfying to spackle okay. well, hey maybe. man let's just drill some holes right now just so we can spackle them later <laughs> Tim is talking about how when you're doing this, first you got to find a stud yeah. in the drywall. Yep. Folks, do you want to guess what the use of the word stud, like how, how that goes, which of the two men on screen reacts to it and what his reaction is? Is it Tim Allen doing a little dance? Is it him? Yeah. Yeah. Preening and flexing. Thinking that muscles? it's talking about him. Yeah. You know, Landon, I feel like you've watched a couple episodes of this before. <laughs> uh, so he just does that for so long and it's it only upsets me a i'm shocked that they haven't done that joke already b (laughs) it's true yes half of me or more is certain that they have done that joke before and are just gonna (laughs) and just every time they mention studs oh yeah they they might have done it when they were talking about how to find a stud with a um uh electric razor yeah they did they did they this is too okay the stud count for this series <laughs> is two right now we're and holding... it's you and me buddy hey hey do a little dancing and yeah <laughs> puerto rico hey Not, all uh, the jokes. no no consent puerto rico <laughs> hey uh so they but then they they drill a hole they stick the soundproofing hose in there and start squirting the soundproofing goo yeah. into the wall sorry if this is turning everybody on at home <laughs> but what i'm lo- and i'm looking at this and i'm thinking like this is gonna be dope. The wall is going to fill all the way with the stuff, and then it's yeah. gonna explode out and spray on everything. That's gonna be a great sight gag. We don't get that, but we no. actually get something else that I thought was really brilliant. Heidi. Ha- well, yes, Heidi does come out. <laughs> we haven't seen her in a while. Yes, we say um, Heidi, Heidi, hi. <laughs> Heidi, Heidi, oh. Uh, Cap Calloway. Don't say that about her, okay? Okay. <laughs> Who she sleeps with is her own business, and it's not on us to make that judgment. That's fair. I rescind my Heidi Heidi Ho. <laughs> Good. Um, she when brings... you go Heidi Heidi Low, I go Heidi Heidi High. Go <laughs> she brings out uh, a, a room, a soundproof room that Tim has constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tim is explaining, like, we built this in advance. It's soundproof, yeah. totally. And we get a subtitle gag, which we haven't... I don't, it's we've been had a while one... since, it's been, it... since we've had one. And we only had one or two of them before. Yeah. Honestly, the subtitle gag's tend to be funnier than yeah. a lot of the other shit they do on Tool Time. True. Just putting it out there, hot So takes. the subtitle says, what Al doesn't know is that uh, this something, 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 I didn't read it. This box is not actually soundproofed. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, so Tim goes, here, let me show you how this works. And then he starts talking, and then he steps into uh, the booth and Shuts pulls a Chevy Chase where, you know, he does the whole microphone bit. I don't know if you've ever seen Chevy Chase do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just... Mouthing words and mouthing words, but then like pretending like the microphone mm-hmm. out. And bit, bit doesn't really work on a podcast, but I can't <laughs> see your mouth moving. But fair, yeah. Um, so he steps in, 
then he starts screaming while he's inside the box and opens the door and he's, uh, he's screaming. And then he's like, here, yeah, Al, try it. Like, Al's impressed with how well Tim has constructed this thing. Yeah. And this whole thing, I'm like, okay, this is such a telegraph joke. And there are so many inconsistencies with this gag. Because mm-hmm. while Tim is in the box, Tim knocks on the window and you can hear the window knock. And Al looks at him and, you know, whatever. He steps out, does a thing. He's like, why don't you try it, Al? Al steps inside and he starts screaming. Or he starts, not screaming, he starts, uh, you go through well, this. Well, 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 first he, <laughs> go, first he goes, stopped. he goes, oh, well, I should be the host of this show. I'm way better at all this stuff than you are. And, and Tim, your haircut is stupid. <laughs> and then, and then he just starts going. Uh, he just he's 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 possessed by the ghost of Fraser Crane, who's not actually dead, and starts singing. The, you know, I am the very model of a modern major general. He sings the entire Gilbert and Sullivan line. Oh, it is so good, belting it at the top of his lungs, grinning. The only thing that makes the inconsistencies of this joke worth it for me. It, it's it's so it's just so fun. Why like and typically I get a little. Typically, I don't like seeing Al pranked, but once yeah. like the like this prank, I respect. <laughs> I think this is really funny. It's yeah. not hurtful. It's not making fun of anyone's appearance or anybody's mom. It's just, it's just you know letting. And also, Al gets a bunch of solid burns in on Tim. Yeah, that, and you can see on Tim's face, it's kind of backfiring on him. <laughs> uh, but then I also really like the way this bit ends. I think they ended this in a very funny way. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to? Do you no, want to take through? Well, so, so. You know, Al sings this whole song, and then, you know, Tim is trying to control himself. The crowd's going wild, and Tim turns to Al and goes like, Al, Al, Al. And Al, Al inside the booth goes, yeah, Tim? And, and there's kind of this silence, and Tim goes, can you hear me? And Al nods and goes, yeah, I can. He goes, I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so a great <laughs> delivery. And, and Tim goes, think about that. And then Al just... And he gets this mortified look on his face. <laughs> really, really good. That was that was good. Highlight of the episode. It, is it better than Brad getting hit in the face with that ball? I don't know. It's damn close, and was not a fluke on set that day. That was actually written. Yeah. Um. I don't need to go into more inconsistencies with the joke. Well, but you can if you want, man. Well, I mean, he's as he's doing all this stuff, the audience is laughing. Why wouldn't he hear them laughing? I don't know. Yeah. But like I said. It makes up for it with this this amazing ending and the whole Gilbert and Sullivan singing is amazing. I also I also really hope that Richard Karn has just had that memorized from like college yes. regional theater or whatever I hope he was so doing. Too, yeah. Uh, so we transition. I don't remember what the transition was again into the boys' room. Yes, I don't remember that one either. But it, it again was not. It, they get pretty wild later yes, on. Yes, there are two coming up. So uh, the boys are fighting. Yeah. And this time, Tim steps in. Yes. Uh, Jill is out at the store, and Tim bursts into the boys' room to physically have to separate the two of them. They are, yeah. They're holding on to each other. Well, Tim goes in to separate the boys and is kind of trying to, you know, just trying to get them to make amends or something like that. And, and you know, Randy, Brad says, Randy belongs at the bottom of Lake Michigan with all the other shrimp. And... The- I was just looking that up. Oh, because uh, I was not sure whether or not there were shrimp in Lake Erie. Oh, there, like there are. Lake there are Erie fresh. Is what they say. There are freshwater shrimp. That was my biggest question. I didn't know that there were Great Lake shrimp. I didn't either. I'll do you one better. I don't know if I would eat a, sh- a shrimp that came out of one of the Great Lakes, based <laughs> on my knowledge of the level of pollution, and Fair. based on the fact that shrimp are bottom feeders, the cockroaches of the sea. <laughs> it's kind of weird that I eat them anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um. Okay, listen, I want to speak directly to the shrimp community. I made some statements earlier that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, <laughs> to to, all, to everyone, not rescind his membership. To, I, I, I hear it is with a heavy heart that I must resign my membership in the Bubba Gump Shrimp com, uh, Company uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Value Club. Um, but then Brad says in retort, uh, or Randy says in retort, Brad belongs on Mars where there's no signs of intelligent life. And Tim says, hey! They never confirmed that, <laughs> and I, I really love "Truth Is Out There." Tim. Yeah, it, it was it was a good performance by Tim Allen too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and in this in this scene is one of the times I really liked him because you know he's showing some anger certainly in dealing yeah. with the boys, but I think I just empathized with him a lot here, even as a guy who doesn't have kids and won't have kids. But yeah. like 
he's just trying to keep his kids from fighting. He's trying yeah, to just agreed. regulate and be a real dad and authority figure. And it's yeah. like, okay, I respect this, man. You're just trying to, to bring these boys up right. Absolutely. And and he does try to get to the bottom of the problem, but then they lock arms again. They start fighting as soon as Tim is walking out the door. He has to physically separate them again. And he goes, okay, we tried this Jill's way. We're going to do this mm. my way. Brad, you're getting your own room. Mark is moving in here. Yeah. And uh, Brad takes it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Brad's like, oh, you know what? You know, Dad, I think I got to take your side on this one. But yeah, Randy is not Randy is not happy about it. No, and not uh, at all. Yeah. And Tim Tim counters by saying, well, I never had my own room growing up. And I still don't, actually. <laughs> and he slams the door as he walks out. And then we get... Uh, Weirdest transition? I mean, I, I, I don't know if we need to go into our theory land of home improvement, but, like, this is the first time a character from the show, Brad, exists in the void as a transition. Like, Brad walks in as a transition and basically picks up the scene and puts it in a box. Well, it's it's different. It's not the, you know, we've seen transitions where characters wipe the frame, where yeah. characters fall out of frame into the void, blah, blah, blah. Characters from the next scene come yeah. into the, yeah. This is specifically, it goes to black and Brad walks into the black frame and picks up a box that wasn't there before. And he's like grinning and walks off with it. Yeah. Like Brad, like, ha ha moving into my new room. Yeah, but... All of it. I mean, none of it was part of the the previous scene. It's all just part of the transition void. It was really weird. It was yeah, that like that was that was crossing a line. And yeah. I feel like every time we talk about transitions, it's some variation on me going like, "It was really weird." And you're like, "Yeah, it was weird." And it's like, "Yeah, we've crossed a line." But again, we we keep crossing. <laughs> there are so many Rubicons to cross yes. before we get to the point where the grunt creep is like walking across the scene between uh, transitions. And I can't, you know, uh, our our home improvement cork board and yarn is getting pretty full on this yes. wall here. And I don't exactly know where this piece of yarn attaches to Brad staring at us uh, in the theme song. But there is some connective tissue somewhere <laughs> of him staring at us and being able to access the void. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you're just going to have to leave that yarn unconnected right now, but he definitely knows something. That yarn connects to the oil drum that all of the transitions <laughs> live in together, with Brad now, apparently. Yes. Is Brad the grunt creep? No, no. I don't, he can't be the grunt creep, because <laughs> you've right. seen him and the grunt creep yeah, on screen at the right. same, in the same place at the same time. Uh, we uh, cut to a new scene downstairs. Yes. Tim is talking to Mark. Yeah, and just and trying to kind of get Mark built up to the idea of yeah, you're getting a you know you're gonna he you know it does not take him long to sell Mark on this notion of hey Mark you know how you have your own room well now you're gonna have to live with the evilest of your brothers <laughs> and it's gonna be great and it doesn't take Brad long to go like yeah this is gonna be great you lost your point <laughs> dumbest kid alive no you, you got you got your point for exactly I said Brian I said Brad didn't I. <laughs> They're both single syllable names, dude. Fair. They That's both fair. have four letters. Yeah. Therefore, I am blameless. <laughs> and everyone should apologize for being so mean to me about the inability to remember key characters on the show I've been making a podcast about for a year and a half. Brad, Randy, Mark, Squee, uh, 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 Coach, and uh, Scooter. Scooter. There yeah, you go. Those are those are the three boys. Uh, so. Mark, yeah, so he sells Mark on this idea. Mark then, in true Mark fashion, informs Jill the second she walks in that he's getting a new roommate. And uh, Jill is not happy about this because yeah. she'd wanted to discuss this with Tim, discuss this with the boys before making a decision. Yeah. Uh, and Tim stands his ground, says, well, that's because men are more decisive than women. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, they would be 90 years old by the time we finished uh, yammering. Yeah. And and Jill is legitimately pissed off and says, oh, tell jokes, why don't you? And then Tim goes right ahead and is like, okay, a rhino and a zebra walk <laughs> into a bar. And it's like, okay, dog. Yeah. No. Slow your roll. Don't let right me, let me Let me hold on. I, I got I to gotta get some satisfaction out of this. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Beep the joke train back up, <laughs> Tim. <laughs> Did that feel good? Do you get do you get something out of I it? I feel like I could have delivered it with a little more conviction. Yeah, we can we can do another we can do another one. I think everyone at home, if we just are really quiet for a second, everyone at home won't notice. It's too much pressure now. It's, I, it's I have too performing much. anxiety. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Back the joke train up, John Lovitz. 
because uh, he was big then. Yes. Um, so anyway, Tim accuses Jill and all women of being yammerers, basically. They'll yeah. just sit around and yammer about things forever without making a decision, whereas men are decisive. And uh, Jill says, well, you're a yak ass, and then walks out the door, which means I guess Tim is the ass of a yak. <laughs> Which must be a nasty same animals part. Same deal. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then we get our second of our <sighs> mind-bending transitions here. You actually requested that we rewind this because it is multifaceted. So Tim is standing there. In the he, scene. In the scene. Yeah. A starry backdrop drops down behind him and... He takes on a ghostly appearance. He does. Eagle-eyed viewers looking at this backdrop will notice that the bottom of it Flips up briefly as though it's like a curtain being dropped. Oh, like a like a photo shoot. Honestly, like a photo shoot or just like it's like all the world's a stage uh-huh. and this is the new scene setting. <laughs> Tim gets a ghostly hue around him. Yeah. Why? Uh, yeah. He was dead at the beginning of the episode. Uh, he sees he's been dead all along. He's he's uh, he's like one of the characters in that famous movie with the spoiler in it that uh, is like almost 20 years old now. He's like Bruce Willis. Um <laughs> Uh, so he walks, so he walks out of frame with his ghostly surroundings and then, and there's this starry backdrop yeah. and then the moon starts inching into frame going, so weird. And then we pull back from the moon and then very awkwardly tilt down and crossfade to the backyard in a way that is not at all convincing to make us think <laughs> that we're looking from the sky down to the, No. Uh, and then we get Wilson looking up at the sky yet again. It's his favorite activity. I would say of all of the activities, it's his favorite, as I originally stated. Just just once. That was good, though. I got the point very clearly. <laughs> just once, I'd like to see him out there with the telescope. And, and Tim's like, oh, looking at the stars? And he's like, ah, oh, no, neighbor. The, uh, you know, folks across the way uh, left their bedroom windows open. And it's definitely sex night or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, just once I want him to be doing something creepy out back. <laughs> Well, I mean, he probably is, and that's why he's covering it up with such mundane activity. He's, he's smart enough to always yeah. have an answer for it. Uh, he is taking time-lapse of the moon, of the blue moon, specifically. Yes. And Tim says, shouldn't you have your pants down to do that? <laughs> oh, he says he's shooting the moon. Oh, shooting the yeah, moon, Which yes. made me wonder, like, oh, is that where mooning came from? Like, shooting the moon, is that the original statement? I, no, phrase? I, I don't know. I thought, I just thought that... that like, or is it just so tenuous that he's like, moon, but... I, I think it's just butts. I think that's okay. all. I don't think it has anything to do with <laughs> like yeah. I, I think I, I think that Tim basically heard the word moon and the quickest connection to butts he could draw was through that, <laughs> so he went there. Uh, Tim, yeah. Tim is the Tim is the Dan McCoy of home improvement. <laughs> he is always trying to tie things back to butts. Uh, <laughs> so Wilson is taking these time lapse photos, and Tim comes out to talk to him about his problems. Surprise, surprise. Uh, there are. Things out of orbit in the Taylor universe. Yeah, it was a good, it was a very good segue. And, you know, Tim is talking about how the boys will never stop fighting and how he wants to give them their own rooms. But, you know, Tim tells them all the stuff that's happened in the episode that we've just been talking about for all this time. And Wilson drops, well, that actually sounds a lot like Veruca Vulgaris. Yeah, and Tim goes, "Uh?" for our singular, the only grunt in the episode. Grunt count is one. But when it happened, I honestly went, ooh, I get to do my job. <laughs> I, I, it happens when you love what you do. Seriously, well, like, I've kind of forgotten that we're doing that the past few episodes because it doesn't happen. I know. Uh, so, yeah, he, he grunts, and then Wilson goes on to explain. Um, that it's actually a uh, good old planner's wart. Yeah. The, the Latin term for planner's wart in that, um, you know, you can do whatever, but to get to the root of the problem you have to get underneath and scrape it out and uh it was a very gross analogy yeah yeah like cutting the word off won't do it you've got to get under and scrape it out counterpoint liquid nitrogen (laughs) counterpoint duct tape what that's the thing you put duct tape on it there's something in the glue that that works on really that's a legit life hack type thing uh duct tape will do it wow i did not know that i did it once. I've only had one wart in my life. I haven't had one in, in 15, 20 years. It, yeah. It's been about that long for yeah. me. Well, maybe a little bit longer. So if you're listening at home, ladies, two wart-free guys here on Grunt Work, <laughs> no big deal. Go on, please. Uh, this is really gross. I probably shouldn't admit this, but I I dug it out with a pocket knife. That is hardcore. <laughs> That's 
fucking gross, I but that's hard. I didn't know that it was a wart. I mean, I was so young that I didn't know. And uh, uh, dug it out, and uh, only a few years later was like, oh, I had a wart once. We're, 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 I'm picturing this scene like like you, like a little like six year old John McClane in the <laughs> not, bathroom, not quite that young, but like yeah. bloody paper towels all <laughs> over your tie. Like there's no blood. I've said I loved you a thousand times. Uh, no, there's no blood no at blood. all. No blood. Wow, good for you. So yeah. is a, so what you're saying is resolving uh, lifelong differences between brothers is a bloodless, painless process. Should be. Yeah. If you're doing it correctly, <laughs> which means using an unsanitized pocket knife and look and if you're if you're gonna get advice about how to resolve conflicts between brothers uh, me and landon two only children know all about that we're truly the best sources two people who grew up in their own rooms actually yeah yeah that's another thing i was thinking about i just wanted to open up the floor i've had my own room my whole life yeah likewise i i ha- mean in that i i mean i live alone now yeah. i i went from having my own room in my parents place to moving into an apartment by myself i yeah. haven't even had a roommate before so yeah um yeah i'm very spoiled i no i mean i am <laughs> fuck me i when i my my first year in college i had a single dorm my parents were with, like you know what we know you we know how antisocial you are we know <laughs> you will not go well you shared a room with a person so fine and yeah and, and you know i do have roommates now but yeah i go out of my way they don't come in my room and i don't go in their rooms oh there you go yeah that so i can talk to their girlfriends all they want that's also <laughs> to, to be expected with a lot of roommate situations yeah though. right um yeah so i don't know i mean i can definitely empathize with how t- terrible this must be and how excited uh brad must be to get yeah, his own room right and especially i think the whole core of this episode is that they are getting to the age where they're their personalities are are ballooning to a point where they need their individuality and in, in their own separate space. And their hormones are ballooning to a point where they need their own separate space. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, okay, well, actually, let me... Maybe this will, this one other thing that I noticed. Uh, in Randy and Brad's room, they have a computer in there. Yeah. So... <laughs> let me tell you, 1994... Internet porn is well. Uh, okay, there must have listen. Been... I, I'm I am thinking in in retrospect, <laughs> as if it were today. Like you would have to wait fucking forever for anything to download. But it would be that much sweeter. But when at you got the time, it. it was a step above scrambled porn. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you know, you're, you know. I can imagine looking at you know. It takes twenty minutes for your JPEG of some <laughs> boobies to download, and you're like. This is so amazing. I didn't have to read all those articles and book reviews and Playboy. To, <laughs> I just get the boobs. Um, not, and not even going down the purview. But if you're going to do that, you're going to miss all the great Sandra Bullock interviews. I know, and that's true. The, and, the, and, and as a result, Brad and Randy grew up knowing next to nothing about Sandra Bullock's preferences, you know, yeah. her favorite color. Behind the scenes of the hit movie, The Net. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that really does take it full circle, because The Net, probably some aspect of that is about pornography I'm online. Sure, yeah. Um, no, I, I, the only thing I want to call attention to is the fact that there is a computer downstairs and there's a computer in the boys' room. Yeah. So, 1993. Two comps. 1994. Two computers in the house. Yeah. And a dedicated computer in the kids' room. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. That's next level. Yeah. And also two boys who tend to break things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think Randy's respectful. Randy probably is the one who asked for the computer. And I can't imagine Brad would even use it. Oh, yeah. Randy is like Ferris Bueller who wanted a car but gets a computer and then learns how to hack into the school's <laughs> right. mainframes. Uh, I don't know. This is all the side. We're near the end and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm cutting it off. But um, Randy's on the computer. Well, so do we have anything else for the Wilson scene? I think um, no, we got to the point of it. Yeah. Tim just says, thanks, Wilson. This is yeah. bar none the most disgusting conversation we've ever had. True. Back up in the kids' room. Uh, Randy's on the computer alone doing his homework, presumably, because uh, it's whatever. Uh, Jill comes in to talk and... Um, they sit down and have a heart to heart. Yeah, they, they they have a heart to heart, and I will say that that these Jill Randy scenes where they talk, where they have a heart to heart, really just any scene that's just Jill and Randy tend to be some of the best on the show. I think. Yeah, I think both. Like, I think that Patricia Richardson and Jonathan Taylor Thomas have really good chemistry. Hey, look, yeah. I knew the fucking name of one of the kids' land. I'm going to get a fucking <laughs> you pat on the head for this. You got your point back. Oh, my point for knowing the most famous of the boys. <laughs> um, but they, I, the, the scene, you know, I, I think it goes really, uh, there's just a lot of good chemistry between them. Yeah. And the back and forth feels the most realistic. And I like the thought that these two would get together and run lines ahead. Like, I yeah. don't know, I feel like they like each other. Yeah. Um... But so she's just kind of talking about how, well, Brad's in middle school now, and he's changing, and he's his life is going, you know, he's 
his life is getting bigger. Oh, and mom, you're not going to tell me the bra story, are yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, she's comparing to her own life about how she went through this with her sisters <laughs> and uh, how excited her older sister was when she got to wear a bra. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and they then then she's eventually able to convince Randy though, like, well, you know, having Mark move in means that now you're the oldest one, and now, you know, he's like, oh, so I can kick him out sometimes. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's how how Jill finally appeals to him is uh, yeah. by giving him, well, uh, as a true psychopath would appreciate, giving him the power and giving him the status, giving yeah. him the ability to manipulate. And and this, what was really heartbreaking about this is that Tim's sales pitch to get Mark on board is. Come on, this will mean you can get closer with Randy. You two can com- become better friends. You can bre- beat up on on uh, on on Brad. And uh, thank you for mouthing the name of the boy to me. You saw me flailing in the net, about to drown like so many dolphins caught in a tuna net. And uh, then, speaking of the net, and then, uh, <laughs> but so so Tim basically sells Mark on this. Is like you'll get a better relationship with Randy. And then Jill sells Randy on this by saying like, yeah, you can you can be you know wield your power and age over your brother at, at every turn and do whatever you want to him. So it's really, really painful. They just keep building them up to break them down. Indeed. And I need to point out one thing in the background of this boy's room. Yes. Of Randy's room. There is a terrifying mask that looks like Michael Myers. I didn't notice that in honor of Halloween. It's definitely not the the William Shatner mask, but Mm. it is like a creepy what you would pull on your face as a serial killer mask. It is white. It has hair. It's sitting on the like ledge by the window. Uh, it's terrifying. Damn. Um, and I think it's Randy's, and I think that's what he uses. That's his real face. That's what... <laughs> so the, the, the face that we see is the disguise. Yes. The mask that he wears when he kills is his true face. Precisely. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, so... Anyway, Jill is able to get... Uh, Randy on board with this and they're Jill is able to get Randy on board with this and then they're they're sitting there talking and she says like the scene ends with her going like I don't know maybe one day I'll lose my mind and let your father build a new room and then Randy just goes and stands next to her and says I don't think so mom <laughs> yeah, well played yeah uh, I like that another testament to the fact that this sh- I would enjoy this show so much more if if every the whole cast was the same except no Tim, and everyone else just got an extra two minutes per episode to be them. I like it. Um, then we cut to downstairs. Jill is uh, now confronting Tim. Not confronting, mm-hmm. but they're in the same, they're occupying the same space. <laughs> so it's always a confrontation. <laughs> like, and uh, she starts throwing the stuff back at Tim that he said earlier. Well, like Tim comes in going like, hey, I've got it. I've got it. I know we got to do to fix the boys. We got to get under mm-hmm. the skin and dig it out. And she goes like, no, no, I already talked to him. I hear yeah. The, the problem isn't them needing new rooms. The problem is that the boys are growing apart because of age. Yeah, and I thought that this was a really, really great example of Jill's psychoanalysis. Yes. Very like, good. I mean, it's more than just mediating. Mediating? Mediating. It was mediating. Me- mediating. Yeah, yeah. Um, the problem between, you know, the kids, it, it was finding, talking to them and getting getting what was the issue. Yeah. And then addressing it. Yeah. Yeah, it was hearing the blues calling and identifying it as tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Classic <laughs> psychology stuff. This, to me, what I took away from this is like, wow, look at the look at the difference in results you get. Uh, when there's a problem between the boys, Tim goes out back and talks to his eccentric neighbor about it. Jill goes and actually talks to her kids <laughs> yes. and does parent shit yeah. and figures out a solution. Well, to be fair, Tim did do that in this episode. Tim, yes, Tim did do that. He and just then, gave up really quickly. Which is the pro? Like, like, look, I get it. I give up really quick too. I don't like kids. Like Tim, you have to try harder. Yeah. Uh, so they, then the scene ends after they they kind of come to terms with uh, what has transpired. Yeah. And they hear Randy off screen lock Mark out of the bedroom. Yeah. And <laughs> the fighting continues. Yeah. Um, but they they relish in the fact that they can still go to Puerto Rico and they both start dancing. <laughs> And that's the that's the foreplay. Um, <laughs> we go or as they call it in Puerto Rico, cuatro play. <laughs> uh, we get our stinger, which is in the boys' room. Brad comes to talk to Randy, and this there's a lot of interesting subtext to this. Like I felt the mean the, the like significance of Brad entering a room that's no longer his to talk yeah. to Randy and saying, "Can I come in?" Yeah. 
this was deftly written and acted. Yeah. I would say. Like, you get this weird sense, but, like, no, neither boy comes out and says, like, hey, we're always going to be friends. It's always just, like, you know. You're, like, just feeling the person out. He's, like... You know, Brad starts off talking about, like, oh, man, having a new room isn't all it's cracked up to be. I've got new responsibilities now. I've got to do laundry, whatever. Right. And I don't know. They just have this kind of – they just kind of talk openly about it and yeah. have this – this is the first time they're not fighting in the right, episode, right. really. And it's – yeah, I thought it was good from – I haven't seen – this is, some, I think, the best work I've seen from Zachary Ty Bryan, the way he's just kind of, like, being – kind of you know open and kind of nonchalant with randy in yeah. this scene he's not fronting and then throws out a uh, half-assed spider-man line saying that well oh. mom says that with uh with new privilege comes more responsibility with great bedroom comes great responsibility <laughs> um and and one of the things is he has to start doing his laundry now but he says you know he reasons like yeah but i'm only gonna have to do it once a month if i turn my shirts inside out and wear my underwear three times and then uh, I'm not gonna lie. I actually think that's an interesting rule that I, Jill has imposed. Like, if you are old enough and you're gonna have the the privilege of having your own room, I think throwing that extra like laundry that's nothing really, but that helps you get in the responsibility mode. Yeah, I, I really, I honestly really like that because something I was kind of wrestling with in this episode is like, how does that make sense? Brad and Randy are fighting all the time, so the reward. Is like like so you reward Brad and yeah. fuck over Randy, right? Well, really, you fuck over Mark, but um, <laughs> yeah. but I I thought that was a good piece of balance yeah. on Jill's part. Like, okay, you get this nice thing, pull your weight more, you little yeah, Ducus, you little Ducus. <laughs> uh, um, but then so hearing Brad's plan to you know basically do laundry once a month, uh, Randy says, "Do me a favor, Brad. When it gets to the end of the month, <laughs> stay in your own room." <laughs> Oh, I like that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Then good. Uh, we get outtakes of uh, Jill and Randy's uh, uh, story time. A little heart to heart. And and that, that, that was about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, altogether, better episode than the last few. Yeah. Not a great episode, but an, a better episode. It's an uptick. It's an improvement. A home improvement. Hey, that's the name of the show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, so I don't know. I can, I think, I feel like we can leave this one with our heads held high. I think so too. Um, yeah. do you have anything else you want to talk about that we didn't cover? You know, um, I've got a lot of opinions about season six of Cheers, but I don't need to bring them up <laughs> okay, right now. Okay, great. Uh, long, have... long and short of it is that Rebecca, not as good as Diane, but that's all I'm going to say. I'm gonna I, say. I think she has forged her own path, but we'll save that for another episode. I, you know what? This is still her first season on the show Fair. for me. We'll see how it gets later okay. on. Um, do you have anything you want to promote? Vote in November. Oh, okay. That's I, good. Yeah, that's yeah. about all I like, uh, yeah, That's I, a good I'm, promotion. Yeah, it, Mine it is. Mine's going to be self, self-promoting, so uh, yeah, I, I will throw my support behind you asking people to vote. Yeah, well, promote your own thing, why don't you? Uh, well, just as I said last week, uh, I'm going to be on the Fan Theory World all of the month of October. Yeah. Um, so if you want to hear silly little fan theories about uh, the Halloween franchise, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and a few other surprises, uh, tune in. Fan Theory World. Um, you can find them on Twitter, Facebook, or their website, which is fantheoryworld.com. Yeah. I I feel bad that I didn't remember you were doing that so I could promote that. I feel like it was like a loaded <laughs> well, question. Like, are you sure you don't have anything to promote, Truman? Anything that one of your <laughs> friends and collaborators is doing? Rising tide, lifting all boats, Truman? Anything you want to put out there? Oh, well, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you really want to help the show find more listeners, you can leave us a rating or review at iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, with each rating, we'll leave some clean underwear outside your room at the end of the month. <laughs> Yep. Wherever you are. <laughs> and, but it's one size fits all underwear, mind you. But it will be clean. What, uh, what style? Oh, it's definitely boxers. Okay. It's de- and it's oh, definitely, but, right. but not, not, not good ones. Not, we're not talking me undies here. We're talking like I went to Kmart and bought in bulk. <laughs> okay. The uh, underwears, as they say in the room. You can find information about today's episode on our website, which is www.grotworkpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released, as well as receive the trivia, the grunt count, and updates on Truman and my various projects. Uh, lastly, you can join in the conversation by hitting us up on Twitter or Facebook, which you can find us at GruntWorkPod. And with that, I've been Truman Caps. I've been Landon Solano. And once you grunt, you can't stop. Stop.